Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson of MavsMoneyBall.com. I'm joined tonight by Mavs Moneyball constant contributor, Luke Askew. Luke, how are you tonight? Oh, you know, um, as, as good as can be following a following a loss that I actually really wanted them to win. So, Well, you sound a lot sadder. I'm not really – I wasn't really expecting sad, but, you know, it, it, it is what it is. So the Mavericks fell to the Milwaukee Bucks 102 to 95s. And when we say the Mavericks, that term is is really – in quotation marks like my mother constantly misuses quotation marks she will send us like you know cards or you know letters and she'll put like my dog's name in quotation marks and I'm like no that that's actually my dog's name his name isn't huck <laughs> quotes like this in this instance like the mavericks air quotes there were many mavericks who i'm sure if you're at home with your family and you had to like subject them to that game like this was a game for the hardcore fan and so I really wanted to bring Luke on because Luke wrote the gambling post for this and, and really leaned in to the utter insanity of the fact that, and, and what's the total number? Like eight total Mavericks, like eight Mavericks were out either with COVID. How many was it? Like COVID or injury total? Like how many people? Oh, uh, I don't have the total. Off it's the many. Head, it's half yeah, the it's roster. A lot. It's a lot. Like I, I'm with my in-laws in St. Louis where basketball is not really a sport and my my uncle is like, well, I know Luke is out. And then like the screen came up and he was like, oh, that's interesting. Why are you watching? And I was like, well, sir, you see, I run a Dallas based blog and have to cut, you know, <laughs> and at least <laughs> at least have to pay attention to this game. So, you know, why don't you kind of walk us through through the finer points of what happened with this game? And then I want to talk to you kind of about, you know, sort of the more the the replacement players, for lack of a better term. Yeah, so I the reason I sound more sad than you would expect right now is because I actually found myself wanting them to win this game more than I have any game in a while. Um, I really feel like I kind of got behind the whole replacement player thing, and it was it was just enjoyable to watch. It was it was something to have just different names on the back of jerseys like the roster turnover that we've been just clamoring for happened all in a week and not, you know, we went down instead of up, but just to have different guys out there who can do different things, different strengths and weaknesses. Um, the Mavs were a lot more athletic today than they've been in a while. Um, they were scrappier on defense than they've been in a while. They were also pretty sloppy um, disjointed, all the things you would expect. But I, I, this was one that I wanted them to win more than I've, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. I just, I really wanted them to win this one and I'm bummed. And I have just that, like that sinking feeling when your team loses. I wouldn't expect to have that given the circumstances, but I do. And it's stronger than I thought it would be. I found as the Mavs, slowly started to slip away at the end mm-hmm. i like slowly start started to like feel my heart sink a little bit i got I, I i don't know it was frustrating but it was it was a well played game given the circumstances um it was pretty close um all throughout and the bucks what it really came down to was just that the bucks have two all-star level guys that we're playing tonight mm. and, the, and the Mavs mm-hmm. 
best that's players. Probably, that's the key thing. And so, like, for, for I can say this now because I was trying not to skewer any of my Wolves fa- friends who might have listened to this, but like, it was stupid as hell that the Wolves let the Mavs win the other night. And, yeah. you know, you have Carl Anthony Towns. You shouldn't lose to a game of replacement players, Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith. Chris right. Middleton and Drew Holiday basically were part of a, an effort where the Mavericks flat, they, they just got out-talented as, as things went down the line. You know, DeMarcus Cousins is an enormous mountain of a man who, despite, you know, he's not the player that he was pre-Achilles terror, but he's still bigger, stronger, and more skilled than every single center and slash power forward the Mavericks have. So it's like that the Mavericks had a chance up until about the three-minute mark in the fourth is really, really, really impressive. And if if I'm you, and, and you know, I, I don't want to tell you why you feel the way you feel, but part of why I think that game might have been so much fun for so many of us who are really hardcore Mavs fans is so many of the games that we've watched this year and then the later half of last year had the same beats. And I wasn't expecting to win this one, just like I wasn't expecting the Mavericks to win the Wolves one. So for them to be around, like it's like you're you're believing against hope and then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, they, they, they could do this. And then all of a sudden the wool like the, the Bucks just flat out shut the door. Like it went from being a game to not being a game over like I think they went on like a 12 to 2 run at one point, and then the game is just over. And you know, it's it's disappointing, but it's also like that these, you know, the makeshift Mavericks once again were kind of playing is both uh not just kind of playing, like they were really involved in the game. Is it once really amazing in the short term? And in the big picture, really fucking frustrating because Mm -hmm. what it says to me, and I'm curious to get your take on this, is our clamoring for new blood, new energy, new anything was the right call. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, mean, you're dead on. You're 100% on. And... um. I want to take it. I want to take it back just a beat. Sorry. Um, it's it's it. Tonight was one of those games, like you were saying earlier, where like when the Mavericks felt when it felt like like wow, we're still in this with three minutes left. It's one of those games where you have to have an eight point lead going into that final three to four minute stretch. You can't be tied because when it's when it's a back and forth game with three to four minutes left and like. The Mavs' only offensive creator, any I mean, like creator, you can use that term as loosely as you want. Was Brunson? I mean, it was him. I, I it got to the point where, like, when Frank Nilakino was trying to create things, I was like, "That's our second best option." And in the final minutes, and then the Bucks can just give it to Holiday and Middleton and let them do their thing, and. It's, I mean, you're you're right that we were right to just be craving, to be craving just something, yeah. just something. It, 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 you know, Marquise Chris is going to be one of these guys that we hear way too much about over the next several days, and like, I don't want to be an asshole about this. This game was a perfect example for both why he was drafted like eighth overall or whatever the hell it was, but also why he wasn't in the game or why he wasn't in the league. Like 
he's a dork. He's really bad about certain things, but he's also hilariously, insanely athletic. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, you know, what watching, you know, some of the plotting centers or really like a center like Willie Colley Stein, who uses his athleticism like never. Like it, it was just, it's, it's, it was very frustrating the, the last several months. And so, you know, kind of here we are and, and, we're heading into a Christmas day game and there's, you know, some guys who are probably going to be playing on the roster. We don't know what the, like Adrian Wojnarowski reported today that like the, the players association and the NBA kind of, they came to an agreement about what players testing positive actually means. Neither Luke nor I or our, our epidemiologist where we understand like what's happening, but more or less the big picture seems to be that COVID the current variant, the Omicron variant, whatever is happening in the world is while serious because it's part of a pandemic, it's not killing people at near the rate that it was that the one where we were at this point last year. And so players, the NFL, certain leagues are just not as fearful. And all these players are vaccinated. It's there aren't really any reports of it killing people that are vaccinated that, you know, didn't have pre-existing conditions. So there there's just there's, it's getting to the point where the NBA is gonna say, okay, why are we holding guys out for two weeks for this? And so you know, the Mavericks kind of are heading into this interesting spot where they're probably going to play on Christmas against a jazz team that has not had any of these problems. And do you mm-hmm. want to know why they don't have any of these problems in America? It's because nobody in Salt Lake City goes anywhere. Anyways, <laughs> that's a slightly different discussion for a different day. But it's this, you know, watching some of these players, I was getting messages from fans and friends alike who were just like, this is, like, how do the Mavericks not have more guys who are at least of of you know in this this rate like Theo Pinson you know played 22 minutes he had four like hilarious fouls like he's like kind of an aggressive player only was three of nine from the floor for nine points um he, he plays with like kind of a whirlwindy aspect that outside of maybe Dorian like nobody in the Mavericks plays like that like what which guys sort of jumped out at you in terms of beyond just making it through this game yeah, so I I wouldn't be surprised if Theo is kind of the one that ends up having some some staying power. Um he he really I mean he didn't he didn't have a good game uh tonight, but he he does bring something that the Mavericks lack and it's versatility on the guard wing position, mm-hmm. confidence, he's athletic. He comes in and whether he's going to get like, even if it's five to 10 minutes, if he's part of the regular rotation on a meaningless Tuesday night game, it can be five to 10 minutes in the early second and late third quarters that sometimes swing games. And I think the Mavericks just don't have a lot of guys like that. And I think that's why Mavs fans clung to Theo so much in his first game the other night, because it really is something that it's like that energy guy that every fan base loves. It, Theo Pinson is basically what we all wanted Nate Hinton to be. Mm, okay. I like this. But Nate just like wasn't there. Theo has more just, I mean, he has, I think like five years now of NBA experience roughly. Um and I, Theo is just, he's at that point where he can be the 10 minutes a game guy. Nate wasn't at the point where we could even give him 10 minutes a game. But I, I think, I think Mavs fans just, I mean, I know I at least just want 
I want a guy like Theo coming in for 10 minutes a game. And then when there are injuries, he can play 22 minutes like he did tonight. And so, so Theo is the guy that I keep an eye on. I'm George King in his four minutes. Didn't do anything. Um, Carly Jones was fine. He didn't really do much. I mean, I feel um, bad. Like we had really, we collectively as a group of fans had kind of pinned a lot on him because yeah, he's really performed well. He performed well in the preseason. He performed well at the legends. It was his birthday mm-hmm. and it was just kind of a, of a game. Yeah. He had, I mean, yeah, he was over two in nine minutes. He did have three assists and only one turnover in those nine minutes, if you Mm -hmm. want to find any bit of a silver lining, but, and I think Carly just being with the legends, like the Texas legends, I think he'll be, he'll be heard from again in the future with, you know, they might send him back down and call him back up later and they might, he'll be heard from. He's not, he's not, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, But Chris is interesting. Like you mentioned earlier with just like, I think, I think he was the fourth pick in the draft. Um, a few years ago, and he he did. It's the moments he he's kind of the prototypical guy where like you watch him, and if you just go to like NBA.com stats and watch his made field goals, <laughs> you're like you're like like damn, this guy should be something because his made field goals look good and his rebounds look good when he does them. He's six nine, two hundred and forty pounds, like. Yeah, NBA players that are that big and that strong, there's just there's just something, and you know and he, has a, he has a motor too that Willie mm-hmm. doesn't have, which I think is is another part. Just that, like Mavs fans were clamoring for. I think we're tired of seeing Willie just kind of like jog up and down the court in his nine minutes and not do anything. Like you can just forget that he's out there. You definitely will not forget that Marquise Chris is out there, mm-hmm. whether that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, he had six fouls and three turnovers in less than 13 minutes. <laughs> um, so, I, mean, I mean, he like he, but he scored. He also scored 13 points in less than 13 minutes on six of nine shooting. He was two. an interesting he role, man. Injuries. Like there were a right. couple of like just broken ass plays where he ends up near the basket with a with an attempt. Right, and that's it's it's the kind of thing where it's like it's endearing to watch for a little while. And I think it probably does speak to how like dry the fan base has been feeling where like we get a few drips of like the Marquise Chris water and we're like just going crazy. But it, I mean, he's not, he's not a good, he's not a good NBA player, but, um, but no, going back to your original question, I think Theo is the only guy really so far that has shown any like potential staying power whether that means, you know, cutting Eugene Amarui, who just had surgery, mm-hmm. or, yeah, I can ask the Mavs to cut Trey Burke as much as I can, like, can possibly, and I don't know if it's going to happen <laughs> anymore. Right. But, um, but I think, so far, I think Theo's the only one out of, like, the five or so guys that they've kind of brought in um, who – will stay beyond their 10 day. Mm -hmm. So I had friend of the program and former front office executive, Seth Bartnow, just sort of tell me casually in conversation that like NBA teams 
generally keep a like who, best of like list like available to themselves. Like there is a a like who you know who are the best ten available players and. My friend Brian Schrader, Brian J. Draft uh, on Twitter, used to be Cosmos, has a new account now, um, more or less told me that, that he feels that like the guys that the Mavericks have are all interesting players. Like there's not a single guy who he didn't know and then who he also didn't think was within like the fringe NBA status. Like there's no real diamond in the rough. Like I don't want to shit on anybody's hopes that are that are out there like, oh, you know, one of these guys could really become a a key rotation player for the Mavericks down the stretch. Like that's just flat out difficult to do mm-hmm. um, players. You know, like these guys know who's good and who's bad. You know, it's, it's uh who's the guy that plays for uh, the Rockets that played for Detroit. Um, gosh. Uh, Christian Wood. Like everybody oh, yeah. knew Christian Wood was good. It was that he was a moron and couldn't behave himself and couldn't listen and follow instructions within a team framework. Like, everyone knew he was good it's 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 a matter of being able to like you know put the pieces together so i don't know if any of these guys are ever going to be a thing all i know is that right now i'm having a good time like it's two games in a row i have no idea what's going to happen you know it's it's like dorian had a rough shooting night and it is what it is but you know then you watch like freaking shannon brown had 13 rebounds not Shannon Brown, uh, Sterling Brown. Brown. Yep, it's yep. just like like that's a say, that's a double double. I think two games in a row for him, or at least ten boards in two straight games. And it's like weird stuff like that. Like if the Mavericks are going to win, I at least need them to be in entertaining. You know, you watch this sort of stuff for fun, and you know, Mark Cuban apparently told DallasBasketball.com that like the Mavericks have like some tough like quote unquote decisions ahead of them. And to <laughs> me, like where that 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 thing infuriates me because it's like. Look, if you really believe in your team, then it shouldn't be tough. Right. What it means to me is that we have been right clamoring for more for almost two years, and this is what it is. I mean, I hope that at least one of these guys gets something in the future, you know, for the Mavericks or for another NBA team. Right, right, right. And I think, I mean, going back to Sterling Brown, his 13 rebounds he had i think 11 the other night too yes he's shown a real like tenacity and ability to go up and get it and he like he snatches those things off the glass um like he is an aggressive rebounder he has a knack for finding the ank for playing the angles and stuff like that and that's that's one of the kind of silver linings that i found in these last two games also is that i mean sterling brown's not going to be playing 36 minutes um a night in normal circumstances but i think he's he's just getting to run up and down the court for 36 and a half minutes allows him to like shake rust off that comes from sitting on the bench for so mm. long and show show kind of like why he is an nba player because sterling sterling brown is a guy who in the off season is thought of as like a fringe edition sort of thing but in this type of game he stands out as an actual nba player he played 36 minutes in a game where I mean like Brandon Knight was playing <laughs> I mean right. like so and I mean like Sterling Brown looked like an actual NBA player not one of these replacement level guys yes yes now that's that's, 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 that's some great point yeah 
Well, what else, dude? Is there anything else we want to talk about before we head on out of here and try to go, uh, to, you know, take a day day or so break before the Mavericks play the late game against the Jazz <laughs> on Christmas Eve? I feel, yeah, being on the East Coast now, I'm... Uh, I, if you watch this game, you're either nuts or you've, like, drank a Red Bull at, like, 8 o'clock. I think both can be true. <laughs> um, I will... Oh, it's not an if I'm watching this game. I will definitely be awake at... 2.30 a.m. asking Jason Kidd why the offense still sucks after a Christmas Day loss to the Jazz. And, okay, but I do I do have a couple more thoughts that mainly focus on the, um, the, the center happenings <laughs> today. Um, mainly the Dwight Powell, DeMarcus Cousins stuff. Let's hear it. DeMarcus. So DeMarcus Cousins had the best game I've seen him play in a really long time. And it's a kudos to him for playing a good game. It's a kudos to Coach Bud for recognizing that the Mavs had nobody on their roster that could guard him. And that's (laughs) not even, that's not a, COVID like replacement thing. If the Mavericks were perfectly healthy, they have no way to guard DeMarcus Cousins tonight. Um, he had 22, eight and four and was like in only 28 minutes and was genuinely like fear instilling when he had the ball on offense because Dw- he made Dwight look like like a point guard. I mean, he made Dwight look, he's such a big man. Yeah. And, and that's not really, that's, this isn't meant to be an indictment on Dwight necessarily, just as it is the Mavericks big guys, because like if Chris Stapps is playing, he's long enough to at least alter some shots around the rim, but he's not strong enough to Mm -hmm. keep DeMarcus from putting his shoulder into him and getting to the rim. There, there is just nothing the Mavericks big men can do to stop a guy like that. Now there aren't many guys like that, right? But, but do I? It just I, I don't know what, and I know I'm not alone in this thought process. But like tonight, just really highlighted it for me. I'm like, okay, if we can't even play Dwight 22 minutes tonight in a game where he was actually kind of good on offense he was five for five including a three-pointer made um but he only grabbed three rebounds he he wasn't i mean he he just like he isn't a big man and no he reminds me he reminds me of daniel tice in just a little bit of the ways where like everybody's really happy when daniel tice is their backup center but nobody wants daniel tice as their main center Mm mm-hmm and if Dwight Powell is the main guy coming off the main big guy coming off your bench in support minutes, that's a different conversation. And he's smart. He's he's kind of savvy, he's switchable, he can finish at the rim, that sort of thing. But Dwight Powell as the starting center is just not a thing that no. I want that that like anybody should want to have. It's so strange because it's like, well, the Mavericks are like, oh, there's there's and I don't, I, I, I could be miscounting. So judge me for my intent, Mavs Nation. 
I think that there's like five teams against the league who Dwight Powell truly cannot play against because of who they have as big men rotation. And their thinking is likely, well, you know, we don't know if we're going to get there. We don't know if it's really going to matter. You know, who cares if he can't guard Zubak? Who cares if Mm -hmm. he can't guard Joel Embiid? Who cares if he can't guard Nikola Jokic? Well, I mean, I care is is the answer. And all Mavs fans should care because watching this poor guy who is he's he's such an odd player like his hips are in his elbow or like in his armpits he can't hold his ground he doesn't have the athleticism they used to have like it was really neat that he was five for five from the floor tonight but he's like spoon fed stuff and it's just right he doesn't bring anything other than just like a guy who jumps near the rim and they keep playing him over and over and it's it's i don't know it's very frustrating it's it's very much like and he'll look serviceable against tanking teams and non-playoff teams and stuff like that. But the Mavs goal, and this is just obviously a much bigger conversation, but I felt like it was just really highlighted tonight. Just watching DeMarcus Cousins, who is like in the, I don't even want to say twilight of his career. He's like in the night of his career. Mm-hmm watching him just like bully Dwight over and over and over again and having that be an actual difference maker and a different and an actual like reason one of the contributing reasons why the Mavs weren't able to win this game (laughs) it's 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 just frustrating because like even if there are only five guys that Dwight like really is going to get like taken advantage of against it's it's those there. Those are five guys that you have to get through to get where you want with Luca. Right. 100%. And, and they the just back with, like it's, it's not a problem over yeah. and over again. Yeah. It's frustrating. And it's, it's just disheartening because I think, I think, and I fell into some of this too. I think there's a, there's a feeling that when you have a guy like Luca, you're automatically, a contender in some way, shape or form, because like, if you have one of the guys that matter in the league, yeah, that's something. And it, and it is. And, and I do think that it, I, I mean, I do keep thinking that if the Mavs don't draw the Clippers, that their playoff history is probably a little different the last two years, but nothing's going to change with the roster constructed as it is. And Dwight Powell is an example of that centers like centers are important in today's NBA, even though it seemed like it shifted away from them for a while. Um, arguably the two best players in the league are basically centers in Jokic and onto Kumpo, If you want to go that route. So, I mean, right. like if you, if you want this team to be like something special with Luca, this just isn't going to get it done. Sure. And the fact that the Bucks don't have Brooke Lopez, Giannis, Bob or Bobby Portis, three guys that essentially play center ahead of DeMarcus Cousins, and that was still the spot where they just got like brutally beat down mm-hmm. on was really disheartening. Um, my final thought, so I don't just keep railing on Dwight. No, Powell, you're really thrilled about a, about a game of replacement players. This is this is great shit. Our fans are going to love this when they have nothing to listen to during the holidays. Go ahead. I mean, I live for summer league and stuff like this. I'm like, I was just really bummed we didn't get any Charlie Brown Jr. minutes. He looked great <laughs> on the bench. <laughs> Me too. Um, like him and Boban. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. This yeah. Is, all fans want to see is Charlie Brown and Boban. 
Right. And maybe maybe they're saving Charlie Brown's Mavs debut for Christmas Day. I don't know. That would make sense. Um, that would be really like harmonious. Mm-hmm. Um Jalen though was Jalen continues to impress me because I felt like he wasn't having that good of a game. And then it was like, oh, he has 19 points, eight assists to only two turnovers in a game where he's basically taking on the Luca role of having to do everything. But he's sharing the backcourt with Frank Nielakina. He has Dwight Powell as his role man. Oh, and that was the other thing. <laughs> okay. Um, going back to DeMarcus Cousins again, I just have to hammer home one more point. Not only was the mismatch so bad for the Mavs on the defensive end of the floor, but Dwight isn't a good enough offensive center to make the Bucks pay for having DeMarcus on the defensive end of the court. Like DeMarcus Cousins can't guard a pick and roll, and yep. Kid tried to exploit that over and over again but the Mavs don't have a good enough offensive center to actually exploit. Like the reason cousins can't bully every team in the league is because he's so bad on defense. Sure. But the Mavs weren't even able to make them pay in that respect that like coach bud was just totally fine with letting DeMarcus cousins play in the pick and roll on defense because he knew it was a layup every time down the court. Otherwise, um, anyways, going back to Jalen though, like with, the cast that he played with tonight in the the last game in a contract year for him. I really, I really hope not just for his health, obviously, but like I hope of all people, Jalen doesn't find himself in health and safety protocols because he is just like more and more cementing his, what he's worth in the off season. Yep. And um, this is, if nothing else, this is a really good opportunity for him personally to show that he's like an actual NBA player. And um, I don't know. It, it's really, it's been really fun to watch him um, do his thing despite having such just, yeah, like I would have, I would have thought, mess. you know, he, I would have thought that he actually performed worse in a bigger picture sense with, with less space, but he's actually just, he's just been really good. Like, like lots of tough mid range shots. I wish Mm -hmm. he'd shoot more threes because I think he's better at it than he thinks he is, but Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's nice to see, it's nice to see Brunson perform. Yeah. And it's, if, if nothing else, like that is also gives me some encouragement for when the roster is back fully. I think there's a lot more to be explored with. Um, I mean, this has gone back and forth a million times um, up and down from like the most casual fan to probably the coaching staff, but Jalen Brunson as a starter is, and like playing next to Luca is something that can be explored further, probably should be explored further, but I think he's just, raising his ceiling as I think you know prior with like prior opinions about him have been like he's a serviceable backup point guard and then now he's a he's a luxury to have at the backup point guard and now it's almost like can he I saw I saw his talk talking about this I, I think um about like is he more in the Fred Van Vliet mode mold where he's gonna actually be like 
a guy that just developed yeah. late and doesn't look like he should be a guy. Um, and it's it's fun to watch Jalen get the chance to just have everything be in his hands and have like him really pulling the strings everywhere. Um, it's not as fun to watch Frank Nielikina shoot 16 times. Yeah, anybody that like there's a couple of our friends that are like, oh, Frank is how do you not like Frank? And it's like, well, I don't dislike Frank. I just don't want to see Frank shoot 16 times. But yeah, it was actually fun to see him be more aggressive. But I think I think like more aggressive for him is shooting like maybe five threes in that game. Not <laughs> right, 10. right. Like the, if they uh, go down, if they go down, it is what it is. Yeah, it was Uh, he was. He was really letting them fly. I mean, here we are two days before Christmas, and Frank Neely Kino led the Mavs in shot attempts. So it's it's a really odd thing. Okay. So just to to leave everybody in some positive news. Um the the Jazz, uh, who the Mavericks play on Saturday night, are the number one offense in the league, and the gap between them and the second place offense is bigger than the gap between the second place offense and the 15th placed offense. So if you're going to watch the Mavericks game, I suggest a strong tolerance for pain, because I think they just might get walloped. But Luke, thank you for for joining. Um, I know that it's late where you are because you're doing the thing I used to do. You're on the East Coast in D.C. Um, we're looking forward to anything you may write for us in the coming weeks, and I hope you will join us again. Do you got anything else before we part? Um, thank you for having me. Do not bet the Mavs on Christmas Day. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe consider betting the over because the Jazz might hit it by themselves. Hmm. Love that. Okay, My Kirk Anderson, Lucas Q, Mavs Moneyball. We'll be talking to you guys. Uh, there's a green room next for me, but you'll hear me and Josh probably on Christmas night, and Luke will join us one day. So thanks again, Luke. We'll talk with you soon. Everybody rate and review, and have a nice Christmas Eve.